0: the text. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. St. Paul speaks to that little congregation in Colossae and to us, and he says you have a responsibility to be on watch. It's a dangerous world that we live in with many threats to the Christian faith as well as to our lives as individual Christian people. That's why we have to thank God for all the bad things that we can imagine that did not happen to us in the mid, and at the same time, to thank him for his protection and care when we find ourselves in the midst of trial and temptation. But Paul, we might say, how can you say such things when you yourself are in prison and on a capital charge? Well, says St. Paul, that's part of the mystery that I must reveal or make clear as the ESV translates it. No one is going to be able to figure out on his own that my weakness in the face of my uh, persecutors those powerful and unbelieving men who have control over my life and death, have, have, is the way that God gets his work done in the world, any more than they could see that God's victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil is accomplished in the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus. And so, I need you to pray, says St. Paul, not that I would get out of jail, but that God would open doors for the word and I would have the courage to go through them. And you can see that even for Paul, this was not easy. And that I would have the wisdom to fulfill my responsibility to explain God's mystery clearly to those who have no faith. And then Paul adds the rest of the story. I want you to understand, he says, that this is not just about me and my work, but it's about you, the Colossian believers, the Concordia Seminary believers, who need to be working on your relationships with the unbelieving community around us, ready to clearly and respectfully answer the questions of the unbelieving world. Already in the first Christian century, the author of the letter to the Hebrews speaks of men and women who believed and kept the faith in spite of all the evil done to them. In many parts of the world where Christians are sharing the good news of Jesus nowadays, people will receive absolutely no earthly benefit because of their Christian faith. In many parts of the world, it is a matter that if your neighbors knew that you believed in Jesus as Lord, they would probably try to kill you or treat you and your family in cruel and heartless ways. And yet, multitudes of believers have found peace and joy in God's love and forgiveness and the strength to persevere through God's care for us in Jesus. Some years ago, I was traveling by myself in East Africa, scheduled to meet Bishop Obari, the head of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya and the leaders of the Africa section of the Finnish Evangelical Lutheran mission. I was in Nairobi, Kenya, staying in a hotel there, I was missing my family since I'd been on the road for quite a number of days, and feeling lonely since it was holiday time in the U.S., and I was there for a meeting. There was no TV in that hotel, and you cannot go out after dark in that part of the city. I was sitting in my room listening to the news on the BBC. There was a story that night about Gudina Tumsa, the former General Secretary of the Lutheran Church in Ethiopia, the Ethiopian Evangelical Church, Mekani Yesus. I knew him in 1975. More than anyone else in the leadership of the church in those days, he could see that the church would be a target of the revolution and that its survival was at stake. I had been a new missionary in Ethiopia on my first assignment in 1975. Reverend Gudina was more than a dozen years older than I was. He had seen dozens of missionaries come and go, and we were then living in the midst of a communist revolution where the church was being challenged on all sides. I was amazed that he had time for me. I came to see quickly that he loved the Lord of the church, and he was passionate in his belief that the church had to faithfully and clearly express its faith in Christ in those terrible times. He loved to laugh, and he taught us all to stay focused on the task and not take him or ourselves too seriously. We are not the saviors of the church. Jesus Christ alone is the Savior of the church and the world. Later, Gudina was arrested and then released. Then he was re- arrested again and held for a longer time. His friends in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Tanzania, another Lutheran church body in East Africa, that's about three or four times the size of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, worked through their government to get a deal that would allow Gudina to leave the country and live in safety in Tanzania. When he was told of the arrangement, uncharacteristically, he angrily refused to go. He quoted a passage that had become important to him in his imprisonment, 2 Corinthians 5:15. Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And there you have it, I suppose. After you realize what you have been given, your priorities have to change. Don't pray for me that I might escape, but that I might have the courage to go through the doors God opens so that I can speak, and he may give me the wisdom to speak clearly, both to those inside the church and outside as well, about Jesus the Savior and his will for our lives. Reverend Gudina came out of prison a second time and was freed for a short time. Then he was kidnapped off the streets of Addis Ababa and was never seen alive again. No one knew what had happened to him until that story that I heard on the BBC more than 20 years later. The story reported that he had been shot on July 28, 1979, and his body had now been found in a pit under the floor of the bathroom in the communist head of state's house. Buried in that pit was also the Abuna, the archbishop of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. We may be divided from one another in this life, but around God's throne will stand the martyrs who have gone through the great tribulation and who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, as John teaches us in Revelation 7 was not enough that these Christian leaders should be murdered, but their grave was trampled day by day by men who rejoiced in their wicked power and their unbelief. When I heard the story, I remembered the rhetoric of the Ethiopian government in those terrible days, the unrelenting threats in the media to cut off the tentacles of imperialism meaning Westerners like me, who spoke of a different savior. I remembered the daily boasting in the media about revolutionary action, taken, meaning the killing without trial, administered to hundreds and ultimately to tens of thousands of people who were guilty of no crime other than the refusal to go along with Marxism and to deny what they knew was right. But you know what? Now the Marxists in Ethiopia are gone, and the Ethiopian evangelical church, Jesus is the fastest growing Lutheran church in the world and will likely become the largest in the world by the end of this year. Because, you see, all kinds of people share the treasure they have received." Brothers and sisters, countless sacrifices have been made by our fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters in Christ so that the word of the Lord might come to us. The time will come when we will all gather around the throne of the Lamb and join in that unending hymn of praise. But for now, it is time for us to pick up the burden, to say clearly what needs to be said and do what needs to be done, so that all who are around us share in the good news of Jesus. For Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.